Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Welcome, 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 everybody. Good afternoon, all my dear followers and my millionaires out there. Hey, everyone, on my live Periscope and on here on Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening to the replay, please make sure you share it with your friends and your family. Excuse me for my appearance on live. Just wash my hair, so it's out there. But anyhow, this is going to be a great show, and I think this is going to be directed to all of you out here who have been through trials and tribulations and don't know how to overcome them or you have overcame them. Well, this is the show for all that. This show is all about motivating you, getting you to that next level. And I deal with nothing but the realest, all the guests who have been through the ups, the downs, all the way around, and who give you the inside and the out of their life and tell you how to overcome anything that you're trying to overcome. You know I deal with all spirituality, holistic killers, rap artists, anybody on this show I deal with, and this is the place to get the information. But anyhow, with me today is a woman who has went through it all, and she has overcome it. She's here to tell you that story. Yes, she is, and she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Her spirit is so bright, and I'm just, let me just say, I'm glad to have her on. Caroline Hauser Carson, German-trained, naturopathetic doctor, excuse me, humanistic psychotherapist and family constellations facilitator is the author of the book Blossom, Seven Steps to Sexual Healing and the upcoming book The Pleasure IQ, an internationally recognized speaker and teacher on the subjects of spirituality, healing, and women's empowerment for almost two decades. Caroline combines her knowledge to help women and brave men to have abundant, love-filled lives that flow with a sense of ease. Her work is based on the intersection of where the human body and experience meets past and even ancestral trauma and shows how each individual's authentic and true self is the source of one's own good, a place of unlimited abundance, creativity, courage, and joyful existence. Caroline currently lives with her divine partner and soulmate, Paul, and her two beautiful children in sunny Santa Barbara, California, from where she teaches, speaks, and travels to hoteling retreats all over the world. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Caroline to the show. Caroline, thank you so much. And sorry for that hiccup in the beginning. That shows you this show is not scripted at all. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. It's a pleasure. I'm glad that you are able to talk with us about this. And, and I'm glad that you wrote a book. First and foremost, what made you want to write a book about this? I mean, this is some trauma that happened to you. This is personal. Yeah, and it's not, it's not sexy. It's not a sexy topic. Well, um, I was severely anorexic and bulimic from the age of 10 till 21 and um, was able to heal myself after that long time period. And that's what got me into really studying healing and 
um, you know, getting all my training and so forth. So by the time, so basically I spent all my 20s working on myself. You know, when other people went to work and had jobs and so forth, all I did was learning about healing, working through my stuff and so forth. And so by the time I had my daughter in my early 30s, I thought I, you know, I had worked through it all. I was working with people. And I didn't know about the sexual abuse at all. And then with my daughter turning three in my early 30s, everything all of a sudden came out of my subconscious and I started remembering. And it really threw me for a hoop because, like I said, I thought I had worked through everything. And um, what never made sense, though, was that I had these eating disorders and they started when I was 10 because I, there was really nothing at that point in my life that could have triggered it. And so when that happened... Um, I went into somewhat of a crisis and realized that it had to be part of my purpose that I had already learned so much about healing and then found out, you know, about the sexual trauma piece. So that's what really spurred me into writing a book and feeling like, okay, as I'm helping myself through this, why don't, why don't I take some people along with me? So at that point I already had a business that was more internet based and and I, and I, I had people that were following me for my other healing work. And so I took a group of people with me on this journey, uh, the Blossom journey, and everything that I learned from that became the book then. That's how the book was born. So it was tested before it was even written, kind of. Okay. Um, For everyone just joining in, um, this show is with Caroline Hauser Carson, and we're talking about her book, Blossom. The, your seven-step journey to healing childhood sexual abuse and creating your dream life. Now, Robert, on my life, wants to ask this, Caroline. What is the Me Too? Why, um, the um, me, which is the movement? Oh, um, the, somebody, I don't know exactly, it was a woman, posted Me Too on Facebook, and it meant that she had gone through some kind of sexual harassment or sexual abuse, and it, be, it became very big last year where a ton of women finally, or, you know, some people already were out of the closet, but a lot more um, were encouraged to just step up and say this happened to them too. So me too, basically anyone who had gone through um, sexual, some kind of sexual trauma was encouraged to just say this happened to me too. And it kind of was in response, I think, to what was going on with the president and, you know, the, the inappropriate behavior. So it was kind of like a counter movement. That's my understanding of it. Oh, okay. I was thinking of um, with this movement. I thought about an episode that was on Scandal, and I and I know it's just a show, but it's all in reality of where they had a list of all the young ladies, and these young ladies were on this list because these were the ones that the guys may want to have sex with, and 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 abuse just don't start in the home. We we got we have abuse that happens in the workplaces, and these are things that most women mm-hmm. don't step forward on because they're made to. They're too afraid to come forward. Oh, I might lose my job, or I might be, or I might be thought of. I'm the one who's to blame for all this, and I can definitely understand from that point of view because I, of course, we all were once was a child, but I went through the same thing with my stepfather, the, the physical touching, the, the normal outburst, or him saying something slick out the mouth. So. Yeah, I definitely can understand from your point of view where you're coming from. And it makes you feel like you're the one to blame because, of course, that's how it was when I was growing up. You're at fault for this if this happened mm-hmm. to you. And it's like, what the minute? And I think my mother, she didn't know any better because she was actually raped. 
during her time, and that what made her quit and drop out of school. So, and I think during those times, women didn't know how to express themselves. Everything was swept up under the rug. So my mother treated yeah. my occurrence as the same. Sweep it up under the rug. You're this. You're a whore. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. I didn't. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this to happen to me at 12 years of age. Hey, I'm trying to have a childhood, whatever childhood that is. But that's how my mom reframed it and put it in the box and was like, okay, it's time for me to speak out. I'm not as bold as you. And that's why I am very proud of your courageous, your courageous step that you have taken here, Caroline, to bring this forward. Thanks. Yeah, part of the problem with, um, with sexual abuse is that you know, and why it happens to women more is I think that women are really we're 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 raised to be more other directed. Men are more inward directed, and women are more outward directed. So because and historically our survival was more dependent on you know on depend. Well, we had you know we had to have a protector. We had you know we were more dependent because of our physical weakness, and so I think most women don't think that they could say no or they could do something right. So we're paralyzed when maybe guys are not even aware that they're doing anything wrong. And, you know, I think I've been in situations where the guy might not even have known that I didn't want it, right, because I was just too afraid to say anything when I really could have, right? So the the, the underlying issue is really that we don't feel like we can speak up or have our needs met or that our needs count. Oh, right. So... And, and and all this for the ones who are trying to seek that trying to seek that help, Caroline. What is the most crucial first step when it comes to healing from sexual abuse? The most crucial step is to realize that you're not a victim. That this thing did not break you, or you know, um, make you dirty, or make you a lesser person. Right. You might feel that way because there's a lot of shame and guilt connected to sexual abuse. But we are, we're not just, you know, we're not just a one-dimensional being. We have our soul, we have our spirit, and we have our body. And mostly trauma is looked at as a, as a thing that happens to your soul or your psyche, and it's actually not. It's actually something that happens more to your body and your nervous system than okay. the part of you that's more energetic, right? So your soul and your spirit actually cannot be broken. Your soul might leave your body a little bit, but it can never be broken. So it's really more about healing the connection between your soul and, and your body than, you know, a psychological problem, actually. So the, the most important thing is to realize that, you know, you can't be broken. There is, you're still whole, and it's just a matter of learning to release the guilt and the shame and some other things. Right, and that's what you speak of in your book, but a lesson for day four mm-hmm. that you're not broken. But you go in more details in step six of the Blossom Journey where one can learn about owning themselves and how the nervous system responds to and deals with all this trauma. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, my approach is very much based on um, helping you be in your body and healing your physical nervous system rather than, you know, doing forgiveness work or doing mindset work or doing more psychological-based work because in my, in my case, that while it was nice to have somebody to talk to, it really didn't help me heal. And what most people don't understand is that when trauma happens, it is like an electric, an, a house getting uh, a lightning, 
getting struck by lightning and the entire internal wiring melting down. So when our body experiences trauma, it's like lightning stroke has, you know, lightning has stricken and our internal energy system breaks down. And so it's really hard to function and to have positive energy in your system. So, you know, your mom is a really great example. You know, she, she dropped out of school. Like her life really went south after that happened because she didn't have the energy or the, the, the power and the belief in herself to create a better life for herself. And so this is what happens to a lot of people after, especially after sexual trauma, you're really at a disadvantage when it comes to creating a life for yourself because of the energetic state that you're in. Well, you know what? I do love the exercise that you hold in your book where you can release your parents, and that's a good step where if you feel that they're at fault, even if not, you can write them thank you letter. You can do whatever you feel that makes you feel comfortable, and that's a good step. I think everybody can take, Caroline. Write out your emotion on paper to whoever you want to. You don't even have to really give it to them. Keep it to yourself, and you can either burn it, you can give it to them, let them know, but in one way, that's just releasing all that stress that you have on you because I had a previous guest that talked about, um, she, she said something about in regards to even though you may not talk about it anymore, it still happens. So you have to release, you have to release that. You do. You got to release all that stress off you. It will bundle and it will hold on to you. I think sometimes it's still... <laughs> Um, antagonizes me a little because I think about it out the blue off and on. I'm like, oh, this is what happens. Then I'm like, okay, but I got a family now. I have moved on. But every once in a while, I creep back to that old memory. Mhm. Yeah, I have a lot of, you know, in my in my private in my in my work in my business, I help a lot of people build businesses and be successful. And you know, you would think that they need help with practical stuff, but. 99% of the time what people need help with is really healing their family relationships and their deep the the deep stuff that you think, you know, is not impacting you and you've kind of shoved away but it's not true because while you know while you think it's under control the the controlling it takes a lot of energy that you could otherwise use to put into creating your dreams. Exactly. Now we talk. You talk a little bit in your book too on carcetic and and carcetic healing. What is your take on those? Say that again. On what kind of feelings? Uh, yes. What, um, Caroline, what is your take on on carcetic or carcetic healing? You mean when they're suppressed, suppressed feelings? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So basically. We all, everything in the universe is energy, and we are made of, of energy. And there's different energy levels. There's low vibrational energy levels. They're literally, you know, vibrations that vibrate at 20, 30, 40, 50, and then there's higher vibrational energies. Our life looks good, and we feel good when we vibrate over 200. Shame and guilt are at 20 or 30. So when you have a lot of suppressed, shame and guilt, even though you might, you know, do all kinds of things to make you feel better, your actual vibrational rate is very low. And so the more suppressed feelings, the more negative suppressed feelings you have, you know, the more likely you are that your vibration is low. 
So in terms of like healing and getting better, the, the, the task is really to learn tools or find ways to, to clean out that, that suppressed energy, that suppressed negative energy, and you don't actually have to relive it or you know, even have the memories or, or re-experience the whole trauma. It's, it's much more based on um, being in the moment and feeling what's happening in your body in the moment. So <clears throat> it's, it's crucial if you want to feel better, if you want to be able to create better results, if you want to have better relationships, if you want to make more money, if you want to be more happy, if you want to have um, better health, it is crucial to learn to transform that negative energy into positive energy. And actually, if you go to my website, and I, I am sure we can give my website in a little bit, the gift that you can get on my website will help you do that, help you learn how to do that. Okay. So that's my free gift for everybody because it's so crucial. Oh, well, thank you. Just to give listeners an idea, um, before I discovered this tool, my life was in shambles. I had, I was going through bankruptcy. I was going through divorce. I had adrenal fatigue and burnout. I was literally on the couch um, not being able to get up, and I had two small children to take care of. So it was awful, you know, to, to say the least. And then I had an experience where um, God kind of intervened and showed me that it really, that it was all about my energy and that I had to learn ways to shift my energy. And so that was about four years ago. And since I've been applying this, this tool that, that people can get on my website, the vibrational integration tool, my life has transformed completely. I've since served over 5,000 people. I've made close to a million dollars just doing my healing work. When before, you know, I never made more than $10,000 a year. I've met my soulmate. Um, we've bought a house in the Caribbean. I'm driving a Tesla. And my clients have similar and even better results. And it really comes from fundamentally just working with your energy and learning how to bring your own energy into a better feeling state. And I'm not saying this to brag. I just want people to know how powerful this one tool can be in terms right. of transforming your life. You know, And you don't need anybody no, else. You just need to do yourself. Be yourself. Carolyn, I don't, I don't consider bragging at all. You letting people know your truth. <laughs> you letting them know how you overcame all this because a lot of people get held back on their trauma. Exactly. They don't know how to If I can forward. do it, so anybody can. You know? Oh, mm-mm. Yeah. This, I love it because even in, throughout the book, even at the end, you give your insights of now, um, just to kind of sum it up a little bit, I can't think of it from word to word, but yeah. your perpetrator, he's now locked up with his whole clan somewhere in the can. And, and, and now just because the truth has come to the light, you know, so I love that. They're the one who have to suffer. They do, but yeah. you have to. But as you say, as you stated in your book, Caroline, you got to know how to go through these steps to get over this trauma in order for them to go, for them to actually have to suffer. Because the longer you keep it bottled in and keep holding back, they're actually winning. They are. They're winning. Winning every yeah, minute. Yeah, they second. can. They can never. They can never make it undone. They did what they did, and they have to live for the rest of their lives with that. With that. You know, they have to, for them, it's going to be much harder to learn to love themselves again and allow themselves to have anything in their lives, right? If When somebody does something really atrocious, first of all, how low and how bad do you have to feel about yourself to do it in the first place, right? So their work is going to be much harder and their fate is much heavier to carry than, you know, on our side where we can really, and not that it's possible to also become free when you've been a perpetrator, 
but the, the the work that you have to do with yourself is, in my opinion, is more challenging than when you're on the the victim side. Exactly. Um, now, how can as a survivor, how can they stop feeling damaged or broken by the abuse? What are some steps that you would give them? The 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 thing that's helped me the most is to realize that you know nobody has power over me and I don't have power over anybody else or circumstances. What I do have power over is myself and my energy. Right? So that's that's a starting point. And even if you're feeling really shitty right now, you still have the power to help yourself feel better. You have you have the power to help heal yourself or heal yourself, to bring yourself back into a state where you feel good about yourself. And that you have to remember that because that's where you that's where you reclaim your power and that's where your power lies ultimately. Right, exactly. I totally agree. What what are what is one of the main main blocks to healing? One of the main blocks to healing is people being stuck in a victim mentality and and thinking that some you know because somebody did this to me I can't do anything. So realizing that while some you know while somebody did you're not you know you're not you're not in control of what people do to you but you're in control over how you respond that can help you get over this block. Right? A lot of people feel powerless that's really the biggest the biggest block is the, the powerlessness the, the seeming powerlessness that this brings and so to realize that while this while it has you know while what happened might have made you feel powerless in truth you're not completely powerless you, you're feeling powerless but you do have power over yourself and over your own body and and over how you create your life moving forward is that it, right? Um, and I was noticing throughout your book, you you talk about that um, on sexual abuse not just being a psychological problem. Tell us more on that. Yeah, it's really an, an, a problem that impacts your nervous system and your physical body. And when I was describing earlier, the it's an energetic it's an energetic problem that basically. It doesn't damage your soul. It, it disconnects your soul from your physical body. You leave your body. And then what happens to your body is it becomes um, less enlivened, right? Because if you're not connected to your to your soul, you have less life energy. And also you become lower vibrational. So instead of focusing on trying to process it and trying to understand it and, you know, working with affirmation and doing all this kind of mental work, it's really important to learn to come back into your body. And you do that through having experiences that have to do with your body. So a physical experience would be putting your hand on the table and feeling the surface of the table in front of you, right? It could be that simple. Or um, having touch from another person, being under the shower and feeling the water on your body. Those are all things that help you making friends um, with living in a body because the reality is that we can't experience life and we can't experience life's pleasure, you know, any kind of pleasure, not just sexual, if we're not in our body. Like without a body, we wouldn't be in this life, right? 
we couldn't experience life. And I actually believe that we all came here to have the most um, the most pleasurable life experience that we can, including really fulfilling um, our life's work because, you know, pleasure comes from many things. It comes from having intimacies. It comes or intimacy with, you know, with your lover. It comes from um, being able to contribute and doing meaningful and fulfilling work. So I believe that we all came here to experience that. And it's very hard to to do when when you're disconnected from your body and and not in your body and actually on a on a physiological um basic basis what happens is your brain has different parts so there's the lower lower brain the reptile brain on the bottom of your skull if you if you put your hand to the to your neck where your neck starts that's where the where the oldest brain so to speak the reptilian brain sits and any kind of information about the outside world comes into our brain through that stem, through that, through that lower part of the brain. And when you have experienced trauma, this part of your brain is in higher alert than for other people, meaning that you're more likely to see a lot of things as threats when they're not. And so what that does to you is that you're much more prone to just making decisions based on a survival instinct than on on a higher so the the higher brain is really where you are creative and resourceful and make decisions that are really um, not just connected to surviving but to thriving and so literally when trauma has happened, your brain gets altered and it's it's um it's at a disadvantage because of the high alert that it's put in, if that makes sense. So it doesn't have to do so much with you. you know, it's not, not so much of a psychological problem than neurobiochemistry and nervous system issue. And so you can, okay. you, can you because you are, you know, you're the, the person that has your brain, you're the only one that can heal it by learning to work with your nervous system, by learning to work with your brain chemistry so that you can help your brain to be in a more relaxed state because when 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 you're able to do that you all of a sudden see different opportunities you see the things that will further your career or you will know what to do to um improve your relationships and so forth when we're you know just imagine the reptile brain, brain is literally like being a lizard right so imagine you being a lizard <laughs> you know what what kind of choices can a lizard make? They're really very limited, right? I know. <laughs> so, I know, right? So that's what, what I always have to go to with myself when, you know, it's like, okay, right now, when I'm triggered, for example, I have to tell myself, right now, I'm literally at the level of a lizard. So I have to help myself to get untriggered so I can be a resourceful, grown-up person and make good choices for myself. Exactly. Uh, come to and so, come to think of it, and, lizard, I don't think I want to come back as a lizard. I don't think that would be one of the albums I wouldn't want to come back as. Um, but going through, that, going through that trauma, sometimes that reflects on your relationship with the man. How can women feel yes. safe with men again? You can start feeling safe with men again when you when you can help your brain, right? Because usually we don't feel safe okay. with men because the lizard brain gets, you know, the moment we if we have been mistreated by men, 
any men would set off the the alarm signals, right? So it's really hard to know who is a good man and who is a, not a good man because men just means danger for our brain. So the more you heal your right. brain, the more you're able to really um, assess the situation correctly and also you'll be able to then follow your intuition better. The, the reptilian brain will override your intuition. Your intuition will always lead you in the right direction. You know, but it's for most of us, we have um, disconnected from our intuition. You know, maybe in the past we had an intuition and we didn't follow it, and then we beat ourselves up for the rest of our lives. We do need to learn to be connected to our intuition because the intuition will always keep us safe. And we can only hear our intuition um, when our when our brain is not in fight or flight. That makes sense. Yeah. So one of the steps in the you know one of the the third step in the blossom journey is really learning learning to do that to learn how to how to distinguish you know what's your intuition what's not your intuition and so forth. That's super right. vital and 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 it's a process you know because. If you haven't trusted yourself for a long time, it will take a little while. It's like going through the through the gym and building up your muscles of being in connection with mm-hmm. yourself and trusting yourself and yeah. So it takes practice. Yeah. All of this takes takes practice. It's not it's not like you do want something one yeah, time. It's nice. about learning these tools and and making them uh part of your life, part of your the way you live basically. Right. Baby steps. It's a process, but you will get through all of this once you go through. Yeah, and the and the rewards are really amazing when you do. You know, once you start seeing right. the results that you're having, then you won't want to stop. It's like you know, when you start eating better, you see the results, and you don't stop eating better because it makes you feel good. Same thing. Yeah, sure. You got that right. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, I want everyone to feel good and stay on this chat with us on this live and. Do not go anywhere because we're going to take a short commercial break and we're going to come back with Caroline with more questions on her book, Blossom. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Radio, baby. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Hey everyone, you know, let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment. That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice special sort of moment, together. 
Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments, dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. (laughs) Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Today, call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. All right, we're back on the air with Caroline, where we're discussing on her book, Blossom, your step-to-step journey to healing childhood sexual abuse and creating your dream life. And this book is going to help you where you can connect and find that inner peace, and you can free yourself from that past, but you've got to come into your authentic power, most definitely. And that's what this book is structured to do. It's not um, just step-by-step. This is real life where someone went through, and they're helping you, because we know someone out there needs this. And as I said, make sure you share it with your friends and your family, because somebody needs to get value from this. Um, what, Caroline, I guess I wanted to ask, what makes a woman susceptible to sexual abuse? Not trusting herself and not feeling like she has a choice. You know, I think that we are often feeling like, or often, well, let me just backtrack a little. I think as women, we we put other people's happiness over our own, right? We're just that's how we are wired. We want our children to be happy. We want other people to be happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just talking for myself. You know, I know from my from my own life. That's one of my biggest um, stumbling blocks is really wanting other people to be happy and then sacrificing myself and then saying yes to things where maybe I don't really, I'm not sure, or I really don't really want to say yes, but I do say yes anyways. It's a saying yes when we really don't want to say yes (laughs) and not saying no when we really want to say no, not allowing ourselves to say those things. Well. Exactly. So sometimes we kind of put ourselves in harm's way without us actually knowing it. Um, I guess you could call it a little naive. Um, I think it's it comes from a from a deep want to just make everybody happy. Right? So I don't know if it's naive. For me, it, it seems okay. like it's um maybe there's a deeper need for harmony, you know, and, and to be loved. Maybe that's where it's coming from. Okay. I don't think it's you know so, I don't think it's naivete or or stupidity. It's just a, a need, a misplaced need or an unfulfilled need that we have as women. Right. So, what role does personal responsibility play when it comes to actual healing? It's it's very important, and most people confuse personal responsibility with it meaning that you have to start blaming yourself or saying it is your fault. I'm really interested in elevating this whole conversation to another level where it's not about anyone's fault, where it's just something that happened that caused caused a, a turning point in your life that, that if you look at it through the eyes of truth, 
really helped you to wrestle with something, right? In my own life, I know now that I really wanted to learn about power, right? And so I had to be in a situation where I felt completely powerless to learn what it means to really help to empower my own self. And so the responsibility part comes in by saying, okay, the, the way I'm taking responsibility is saying, oh, I wanted to learn this, so therefore it makes sense that this happened. Right? It, it helps to elevate yourself out of a blame and guilt and shame scenario, which we talked about earlier. Shame, guilt, and blame and all those are very, very detrimental to you, not the other person, they're detrimental to you. So you want to do whatever you can to elevate yourself out of it. And so taking responsibility doesn't mean saying, oh, yeah, it was my fault. You know, that's not what it's about. It's about seeing why this might have happened and what good it did in your life and really searching and digging until you get to a place where you can see that it was helpful to you and then take it and take what you can take from it and turn it into something much better. That's your responsibility in it, in, in my opinion. And that's where you come back to your power also. Exactly. Um, Caroline, at any point, is there anything that you wish you knew better when you were a little girl that could have helped you? I guess I'm thinking of this. Does innocent help yes. or hurt a child? Yes. You know, for me, I really, I didn't say anything because I, um, out of love, basically, I wanted to protect the other person. That's often what happens, right? We don't say anything, so we sacrifice our own power. So I wish that I would have known that go to my parents and I could say what happened to me and I wish I would have known that I didn't have to sacrifice myself right but like I said it was part of my journey to to learn about how I give away my power and what I do to disempower myself so that's why I think you know the Me Too movement is a really good first step because it gives people permission it, it takes like this most, the reason why most people don't say anything is because of the shame and the guilt, right? And so with the Me Too movements, it's it's been much more okay to talk about it. I published my book six years ago. I've been promoting this book for six years. For six years, nobody wanted to have me on their shows. Now people want me on their shows. Now I can talk about the stuff. Right? So it's, it's, wow. it's great because people are open to it. The stigma has been removed. It's like, okay, you know, and the statistics are known, one in three or one in, you know, one in three women and one in seven men, and those are just the mm. official statistics. So it is, it's happening to almost all of us, you know. So we need to talk about it and we need to heal it because I believe, and that's right. why I do, my, do the work that I do, is that we are much more powerful if, if we work together as men and women. And right now there's a big divide, right? And, and this whole issue obviously creates a big divide. And, and it c- collectively doesn't help us to be in our power. It's a way that we as a human race keep ourselves disempowered, all of us, men and women. You know, it's not empowering for men either. Men exactly. only do it because they feel powerless. You know, they it's, it's sexual sexual um, abuse is never about sexuality or you know a lot of people think oh men just can't control their sexual urges. That's not what sex, sexual abuse is about. It's usually about power. Somebody feeling powerless and 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 subconsciously we all know that our sexuality is the most sacred, the most deepest, the most connected thing to us. That when you take that from somebody else, you know you really can just like. It's it's the it's where we feel 
if you're an abuser, you probably feel like that's where you can get the most power from another person. Right? So, so everybody who's involved has to deal with feeling powerless, the people that do it and the people that are the, the um, victims to it. At the end, it's just men and women, perpetrators and victims, not being in that power. Yeah, right. And I do, I agree with you. I think as a child, it was stolen off of me, as most children it is, before it's even present at that young age. I think mm-hmm. we need to know more. To me, in my opinion, Carolyn, I think we need to know more about human sexuality because we don't know what is really normal. Yeah. People don't tell, do they? Would you agree that if we were more open about sexuality, sexual yes. problems, that the world might be a bit safer? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a, there's a huge confusion around what sexuality really is and what it's not. And, you know, I don't even want to go there, but um, right. what I want to say is, you know, yes, we do need to talk more about it. And it is a place where we can really start healing and, and reclaiming our power. So that as you know, as a as a whole, as a human family, we can become empowered. Because I believe that there truly is enough for everybody. That everybody is meant to have a beautiful life that's filled with love and abundance. And but we, as a collective, have to create it. You know, it's not going to be somebody else. We have to do it all together. We sure do. And so right. it takes. <laughs> and so it starts with our personal yeah. work, right? I like my contribution is to help myself to be at peace, and then I can help others. But it starts with yourself. Right. Like Gandhi was right, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Right. I do. I agree with that. I agree with that model that's even said on my affirmations, and I know we spoke about affirmations earlier. Why? Mm-hmm. Why did you feel sexual abuse survivors are at a disadvantage in life? Because of the way their their brain gets altered and the way they then um, feel about themselves, right? If you feel bad about yourself, you're not confident. You're not going to go after the things that you truly want. You have more doubts. You have more fears. You're battling right. anxiety. You you know you you're having to battle the inner demons much more than somebody who hasn't gone through. Um, and this is true, you know, for any kind of trauma that that people have gone through trauma. You're at a disadvantage because of the way your um, your nervous system has been impacted. And um, I don't right. know if it's okay. Is it okay to mention my website because I want people to be able to yes. get this tool to help themselves. So yes, my website is very it's very easy to remember. It's Women in the Flow. So www.womeninetheflow.com. And even though I work with women a lot, you know, if you're men listening to this and you feel like you can benefit from this, go ahead. Um, Most of the time, women resonate more with what I'm sharing, but what I'm teaching is obviously universally (laughs) applicable. That's why I was saying, you know, in my introduction, people always ask me, why do you say with brave men? Because it's usually the the men that that are, you know, men are not so much uh, connected to emotional healing and so forth, or um, maybe that's not even true, the... The perception, the the public perception, is that men are the lesser emotional, emotional of you know of of between men and women. So I'm just saying that men that are willing to to go there, to go to the emotional um, side of things, to me they're brave and courageous. 
because it, I think it's a little harder for men. You know, men are wired differently. We're, for us, it's easier to be in touch with our emotions. And there's nothing, you know, it's not a judgment. It's just, um, again, the way that men had to function in the world and women have to function in the world where our brains are just wired a little differently. So any man who does this work, to me, gets extra points because I think it takes more courage then for us women, it's easier to be in touch with our emotions. Right. And I mean, and, and it's not attacking guys, because it works either way. Child trauma works either way for boys or girl, mm-hmm. girls. Um, it could be a man or a woman in your life. And, and as I can say, my only advice is, as being a parent, we have to protect our children at all time, at all costs, no matter what. Make your children aware of what's going on around them everywhere, from the schools to the stores, outside on the playground. It doesn't matter. They need to know. They need to be clued up on these pedophiles who's around them every single day. Let them know. Um, you know, you have to – I don't want the adult sexuality in their minds to be blotting them from reality, but at the same time, I want them to know this reality, this is what goes on. And especially with these days and times now, children are getting kidnapped. The human trafficking, I mean, the list goes on and on. And uh, it, it's sad that our babies have to be caught up in this, but as a parent, we have to be at all costs. Now, Caroline, I would love to go through the seven steps of the Blossom journey. If you didn't mind just pointing those out, we don't have to go through like in detail, but just giving the um, bam, bam, sure. bam. <laughs> yeah. So the first step is bringing your mind on board, and that has to do with helping your mind understand what this journey is about because if you don't do that, you will encounter a lot of resistance and it makes changing and healing uh, almost impossible. Then the second step is called land within yourself. That's the first attempt to starting to be in your body and making friends with your feelings and sensations, which is a requirement to learn how to do the healing work on your nervous system. The third week is open to your intuition. We talked about that a little bit learning to listen to the voice of your heart because ultimately um, that voice will lead you to making the right choices. Everything that you want is already inherently possible for you. And the way that you have the things that you want are by learning to decipher the clues that the universe is giving you. And your intuition is the instrument that you decipher the clues. So it's really, really important to learn to um, connect to your intuition and learn to, to know what what it sounds like. Then the fourth step is see with the eyes of truth. That has a lot to do with really um, the responsibility part, really looking at why would this happen, what has it done for you, and reframing it and and seeing, you know, in, in my case, the truth was I had to go through this so that I could become a stronger person and could do my life's mission, right? So rather than seeing myself as a victim, for me seeing it through the eyes of truth, seeing the whole picture, and I helped you do that, right, because it can be challenging if you're still stuck in anger and hurt and so forth. So it's a process. And then in week five, it's stretched beyond your limits. That's when you're actually learning how to heal your nervous system because that's a, it's, it's also a process. And I want to say, you know, I'll, this is a book that's really like a workbook for you. You could do this in a it group is. with other women. Um, if you're a therapist, you can use it with your clients. And it also comes with um, download links and meditations 
So there is, it's not just a book. It comes with a lot of stuff that I've added to it and helpful tools that you're getting throughout this journey. So it, 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 is, it is really more of a course than just a book. Um, just as a side note. And then step six is own all of who you are. Um, to, be, to be in an energetic whole state or in a harmonious state within yourself, it's important to integrate different streams that you're made of. And two, two of the main streams that we're made of is the female lineage from our mother and the masculine lineage from our father. And you talked about that. Um, you know, it's really important to bring those two energies within ourselves into harmony because when you are in harmony, your life experience reflects harmony, right? If you're harmonious, you're actually in a high vibrational state, and that's where we want to be to get all the good things that, that we want to have happen in our life. And then week seven is all about how to take everything that you've learned now and really apply it to being in the world and being in your relationships because a lot of, you know, a lot of where, our, where our joy comes from is from having amazing love-filled relationships, right? What would life be without love and having loving relationships? And your relationships are usually also the place where all the shit comes up, where all the problems come up, right? So you can actually Goodbye. use your relationship as a, as a laboratory for ongoing growth. And so that's what the seventh step is about. Right. I mean, in each one, like you said, it is, it is a workout, but everything. And I love the way that it goes, not in chapters, but it goes week one and you got seven up to six or seven days to review. And then at the end, you look it all over and see how far you have come and accomplished. So I, I love everything about it. Now, I would love to talk about pleasure intelligence. What exactly is that? Pleasure intelligence is your ability to allow pleasure and what I've discovered is that we all need to be working on our pleasure IQ, our ability to allow ourselves pleasure in all areas of your lives. Because when we do that, we, we, we put ourselves in, the more we allow ourselves to have pleasure and the higher our pleasure IQ is, the more higher vibrational we are. And right. everything that we want is will come into our life experience when we become high vibrational, essentially. So the way I explain this is at any given moment, you're in your life and your ideal life is floating around you like a, like a little globe. So there's many different universes around you, and one of them is your ideal life that I call your paradise, where you're having everything and being everything and where you just feel the way you know you, you want to feel and where everything is right. I call that your paradise. And the great thing is that we are born with the connection to that paradise. Okay. Our, our innate desires or wishes for something, those are the, the plans that God has put into our soul or psyche that connect us to that paradise. Now, the only way, so, so we are the only ones that are connected to our own paradises. That means we are only the only ones who can navigate ourselves towards it, and we can only do that when, we, when, we're, when we're in a good feeling space. When we're not in a good feeling space, we will miss the clues because we're, you know, too afraid, too, too stuck, too negative, too, um, too closed down, basically. And so, working on your pleasure IQ and increasing your pleasure IQ um, is really crucial because it will help you to be in a state where you 
can see the next steps that will lead you towards being in your paradise, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm promoting the idea that, you know, that we have an IQ and we have an emotional IQ, but what we really need to focus is on learning to um, increase our pleasure IQ. And going through the, the blossom journey will help you, help you a great deal with, with increasing your pleasure IQ. Okay. Yep. Now, that's something interesting to definitely know, and I'm glad you um, was able to tell us. What are the two things necessary to manifest what we want in life? The two things necessary are for you to be in a harmonious state. So for you to be in a good vibrational, harmonious state, high vibrational state, and then to be able to be connected to your desire and really allow yourself um, to allow yourself to want what you want. A lot of us talk ourselves out of having what we want before we even try it. And I always, you know, right. people always ask me, what do you mean allowing? You know, I, I, I've been allowing myself, I've been allowing myself to be a millionaire, but I still don't have a million. Well, allowing is a very practical thing. Have you actually started a business? Have you opened a bank account? Have you learned how to sell? You know, those are all things that have to do with being a millionaire. Or, you know, sometimes I tell people, um, give them the example of an Olympic ice skater. So let's say your dream is to be an Olympic ice skater. The allowing part would start with going to the store and buying your first pair of skates and then actually skating eight hours every day. Right? So, and we actually, so most people stop before actually getting getting up and going to the store and buying the skates. So allowing has a, allowing means that you allow yourself to do the actions that will eventually lead you to having the thing that you want. It's a very practical thing. And and it's hard to do when you're feeling depressed, right? So when you're feeling good, it's much easier to have the courage and have the 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 energy that you need to do the things that that the thing that you know that being the best or having something requires it requires aligned action 180 over 111 and i had a stroke when i woke up i couldn't speak or walk 145 over 92 and then i had a heart attack 182 over 100 and i had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke everything changed It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell. Everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please enter your host pin.